Hi, everyone. I'm Cindy Stewart, and welcome to my podcast. Each week, we will talk about how to live our lives in God's fullness. My goal is to encourage, equip, and empower you. I have included show notes that highlight the points of this message. You can also find all the information on my website, cindy-stewart.com. I am so excited about sharing this journey with you. So let's begin. Finishing up our series on living in the spirit. And today is Pentecost. Yes. So we're living forward from the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about capturing the promises of God. Uh, because we know that, that God is a promiser and he is... Uh, true to what he says, right? So, uh, you know, the thing about promises, we, we encounter promises in the natural. Oh, I'm promised I'm going to call you next week. Oh, that promise is broken. Oh, I promise I'll do this. And, and then we forget and we get busy. But God does not promise and forget. God promises and follows through. God promises and makes it happen. And uh, part of our hearts is we get confused by the broken promises in our life. That that's the way God promises. So we need to really grab a hold of his promises and declare them over our lives until they come forward. Right? Because they will. They will come forward. So I want to talk about capturing those promises. And really looking back at the faithfulness of God to us. He is faithful in his promises to us. So we are going to read a little bit out of Acts. We're also going to read out of Corinthians. Uh, Kevin will have it up on the screen for you. But we're going to start in Acts 1 and verse 2. Verse 2, it says, Until the day when he ascended to heaven, after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given instructions to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these men, he also showed himself alive after suffering uh, by many infallible proofs and unquestionable demonstrations, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and talking to them about the things concerning the kingdom. While being together and eating with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for what the Father had promised, of which he said, you have heard me speak. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized and empowered and united with the Holy Spirit not long from now. So here he's promised the Holy Spirit. And, he, and Jesus continued to talk about the Holy Spirit even before this time. So he promised the Holy Spirit. So their response to him, to the promise was, so when they had come together, they asked him repeatedly, Lord, are you at this time reestablishing the kingdom and restoring it to Israel? So isn't that interesting when you think about what he promised? He's promised the, out, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. They know that Joel, there's a promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We know in John 14, 16, 15, 16, he talks all about the Holy Spirit and who he is. And their response to waiting on the promise was, is this what it's going to look like? 
Are you going to finally reestablish the kingdom, restoring it to Israel? Now, many times when we receive a promise from the Lord, we have a picture of what it's going to look like. We have it kind of figured out. So, Lord, you've told me this, so I'm sure that this step's going to happen, this step's going to happen, this step's going to happen to make it all work. But the Holy Spirit has so much more for us than, the, than what our finite minds can plan. And he says to them, it's not for you to know the times which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power and ability when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So it's funny. They've asked this question of him many times. I think about this quite a bit because they ask the same questions over and over, but they keep getting a different response. Jesus says, don't worry about it because I'm going to take care of it. But what I want you to get is the power of the Holy Spirit. And all of us have the power of the Holy Spirit, right? Raise your hand. I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I have it right now. I have it inside of me. I have it uh, dwelling on me. I have what's been poured out. We already have it. We already have it. Let's go over to Acts 2 for a minute. Verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violet wind, and it filled the house <laughs> where they were sitting. Huh? We're having a read-along, right? Sometimes that happens. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing violent wind. And it filled the house where they were sitting. They, it, there appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed among them. And they rested on each one of them as each one received the Holy Spirit. And they were filled, that is, and this is the amp version, it says, and they were filled, that is, diffused throughout their being. Can you sense the Holy Spirit is diffused with, throughout our being? And begin to speak in other tongues. As the Spirit was giving them the ability to speak out clearly and appropriately. Now, think about this. When they had the outpouring of the Holy Spirit... Nobody really understood what that meant. And honestly, in the big picture of things, we still don't fully understand what that means. We understand what is, what, what is written. We understand the revelation that God has given us on top of it. But even through this, they're like, you know, hear all these people speaking in their own native dialect, being able to hear each other. They all must be drunk. You know, they didn't understand the power of the Spirit to do something that they'd never seen before. They really just didn't understand it. We don't understand the power of the Holy Spirit doing things that he does. He does things, and we're like, what was that? 
Oh, yeah, that's what I prayed for all along. You know, we don't really understand. And it took Peter to say, wait a minute, nobody's drunk. But it is the fulfillment of Joel, too. So this is that. So that part of the word began the fulfillment at Pentecost. It took Peter to point out what was going on. It takes the revelation of the Holy Spirit through us in order to see what's manifesting in front of us. Because so many times we don't see it because we're looking for something else. You know, even when you go back and read through the Old Testament and the move of the Holy Spirit on things, uh, you don't always connect. Like they knew the Old Testament. They knew what was in there. You don't always connect. They could not connect. Ezekiel 36, it says, I'm going to pour out my spirit. I'm going to take out your heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. It's hard to connect the dots sometimes. And the way we connect is by following the Spirit, by learning how to just breathe in and breathe out as he guides us. Even in some of the words, really all the words that were given today, you know, God is calling us to follow the words that are released as we were praying for what's going on in our nation. God is, God is enabling us to speak through one another so we can hear the bigger picture of what God has for us for what's going on. And the Holy Spirit enabled Peter to discern what was going on at the outpouring so he was able to say, hey guys, we know what the old covenant says and this is what's happening to fulfill the old covenant so that they could grab a hold of the promise through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that God has given them. And, in a, and they, were in a, they were able to see, okay, you know, verse 17 in chapter 2, it says, on the last, and it shall be in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind, that your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. So, you know, Peter's putting that together for them. So what happens is revelation happens in every person that's hearing what's going on. Even as we prayed this morning, revelation happened as people prayed, as people released a word, released a song, released a prophetic word. Re revelation happens out of that. And we'll see the Holy Spirit moving the words that we spoke from his heart to bring transformation to our nation. And that's where we're looking at capturing these promises, whether it's physically out of the word, out of the logos of God, or out of the rhema, the, the, the breathing of the word through one another. We've got to learn to capture those things. And, you know, I was thinking about, um, I was thinking about Peter and, you know, in Matthew 16, we'll just go there for a minute. Uh, Matthew 16, starting in verse 15. So, uh, you know, Jesus and his disciples are together, and Jesus says to them, but who do you say I am? And Peter replied, 
you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overpower it, I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will have already been bound in heaven and whatever you loose will have already been loosed in heaven. So here is Peter. Think about this. Here is Peter. He has had the revelation that Jesus is the Messiah, right? And Jesus gives him a destiny. He says, on this rock, Peter, you're going to be one of the ones that build my church, that build my community. Now, for us, if God's going to say, go out and build my church, we're going to all go find a building, we're going to get us a worship team, we're going to do all this. But think about Peter, his only, his only perspective, all he knew was the temple and Jesus going around preaching the gospel, healing the sick. And he also knew the friction that that was causing. Because he grew up going to temple. That's what he knew. That was his paradigm. That's, that, was his, that was his thought process. But he encountered the Christ, the anointed one. And that dynamic had to be had to be reconciled in his mind because what he saw was the Messiah coming to heal the sick, raise the dead, save the lost, fulfill the law. That's what the word says. Jesus has come to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. So here's Peter having this word, this promise. Now think about the promises that God has given you. And how they look in your life right now. Some of, some of our promises have been fulfilled, right? Our promises of the word that if we turn to Jesus, we will be saved. That we will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. That the indwelling will happen to us. That not only that, that um, we're washed in righteousness. We're covered by the blood. Uh, that we, are, we have the seal of the promise. You know, the engagement of, of the fulfillment to come. Uh, that um, we know the revelation of heaven because the Holy Spirit gives it to us. So there's so many promises in our life that have already been fulfilled. But then we have those rhema promises that are spoken over us, that God has spoken over us. And we have to capture those promises and cooperate with the Holy Spirit in order to see those promises fulfilled. And what happens is the enemy comes in and tries to steal our promises. He tries to tell us it's never going to happen. He tries to tell us you're not good enough for this. You're not educated enough for this. You have misheard God. You're so full of yourself. Why would you think God would use you like that? He wants to steal what God has deposited in us. And Peter went through that process. Even as, as he denied Jesus, 
He goes back to his old job. What am I going to do? I'm going to go fishing. Because he thinks that's it. You know, I've denied him three times. There's that shame and disappointment that the enemy just pours out over us. Because we haven't walked in perfection instead of this journey of growth. So Peter is, you know, he turns out to be kind of the lead of, of the disciples, the apostles. And um, in this situation of Pentecost, he's revealing what God is, is saying to him. And, and God has, uh, Jesus has spoken to him and said, you know, we're going to go out and build a community of people, a way to follow me that looks so much different than what you know. Now, he didn't say that in that scripture. I just added that. Because think about it. When you really think about it, even when they ask questions like, you know, do you want me to call down the fire uh, of heaven for, over Samaria because they aren't doing what you want them to do? You know, they're still, just like us, we are still in the midst of being transformed by the Holy Spirit. There are things we say to God, he's like, oh, did they say that out loud? But you know what? He doesn't say, well, forget them. I'm just going to move on and find somebody else. He says, you know, let's work on that. Let's work on that together. Just like he did with Peter. Let's work on this. Because Peter, I have a call for you that is beyond anything you can do. And it's only by being empowered by the Holy Spirit that you will be able to answer that call. You cannot do it on your own. You'll have no revelation without me. No matter what you think, unless it's infused by my Holy Spirit, it won't have the power and the anointing to go with it. So the Holy Spirit promised to us has been poured out on us. And the Holy Spirit is going to give you everything you need to fulfill the call that God has put on your life. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. Without the Holy Spirit, you can't do it. But God has equipped us with everything we need to be able to fulfill what he's called us to do. Say amen. That means that you agree. That means that you agree. Uh, in 2 Corinthians, let's go over there for a minute. 2 Corinthians 1. I'm going to start in verse 20. I'm sorry. Uh, I turned to 1 Corinthians. I knew that wasn't right. So it's 2 Corinthians 1. I'm, yeah. Come on, paper. Starting in verse 20, it says, For as many as are the promises of God in Christ, they are yes. Say so the promises of God are yes. So through him, we say our amen to the glory of God. Now it is God who establishes and confirms us 
with you in Christ and who has anointed us, it is he who has also put his seal on us and has given us the Holy Spirit, the Spirit in our hearts as a pledge. Like a security, in the little parentheses, it says, like a security deposit to guarantee the fulfillment of his promise of eternal life. So the promises of God are yes. They are yes. They are yes. They are not maybe. They are, they are not we'll see, depending on how you do. Those are the promises in our mind. How many of you have a promise that is so big that you're struggling to figure out if it's going to come true? I know I do. And it's not that I, I don't believe God. I think part of it is, is I don't believe me. You know, I don't believe that I could ever get to that place. You know, I don't believe that, uh, you know, where I am now and where I see God has taken me, you're like, that's a big gap. It's a big gap. And it's interesting because those gaps get closed very quickly as we continue to follow God and be obedient to what he's called us to do. That next thing we know, there's a fulfillment of what he's told us and we didn't even know it was happening till all of a sudden it's here. I mean, it really is when we think about it. You know, it's just like starting a business, it's starting a family, it's having kids and grandkids, it's you know, all these different things that God has called us to do. And we're, we're just keeping our eyes on him and we're moving forward. And we have people around us praying and encouraging us in this, giving us prophetic words, uh, even confronting us when, we feel, when they feel like we've gotten a little off track. You know, that's that inner circle where we can confront when we get a little off track. Because God doesn't want any of us to fall behind the pace that he has for us. And believe it or not, there is a pace that God has for us. You know, there is some, some timing that he wants things unfolded for us. I mean, when you look at Peter's life and you think about from when the first time he, that God called him as a fisherman... And, you know, God told him after they'd fished all night and they were totally exhausted, he told, they encountered Jesus. Jesus said, why don't you just drop your net out there? And they're like, in their mind, no. But in their mouth, they said, at your word, Lord, at your word. And they had a ton of fish being brought in, so much so that it was breaking the nets. And he did that twice to Peter. And sometimes in our mind, we're saying, no. But our mouth and our actions say, okay, Lord, at your word, this is what I'm going to do. And out of those actions, declaration, out of those actions, one step forward, that's what brings moment by moment, step by step, fulfillment of the promises that God has given us through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that lives within us. The fullness of that. You know, when I was thinking about the, uh, the, I was reading some of the, actually I read through Acts, but I was reading uh, how Peter was put in jail and the angel rescued him, right? 
And then he was put in jail again, a little bit down, you know, a year or so down the road. And the angel comes to rescue him again, and he thinks he might be dreaming. Or maybe it's a vision. Well, isn't it funny? Because he already had that happen once and didn't have any problem with falling the angel out. But the second time around, he's like, what's going on here? So, it, it, you know, God does these things with us that so many times, even though we have seen it before, we don't recognize it as the same thing. We don't recognize it as the rescue. We don't recognize it as the open invitation to step in. We don't recognize it as favor or an outpouring of power or whatever it is because it's just almost um, astonishing to us that God would continually do these things for us in order for us to get where he wants us to go. And the whole purpose of us getting where he wants us to go is not only because he loves us and all those things, but it really is while we're on the earth, we are to move the kingdom forward. And the call that you have on your life, the call you have on your life, the call you have on your life is literally to move the kingdom forward. It has many blessings that come with it and challenges too. You know, Peter had challenges. He was beaten. He was told never to speak of Jesus again. And he says, what do I do? I have to obey God. I mean, we have challenges in this. Not everything is like so easy. It's no big deal. You know, we don't have to worry about being struggling with anything God's telling us to do. No, we are challenged. We're even challenged in our friendships and, and people who don't believe. We're challenged in our families who think, are you crazy? Why are you doing this? We are challenged. But God is with us, and he's given us the power to complete the journey that he's put us on. And all of us completing that journey moves the kingdom forward. All of us praying together bound the enemy because we aren't the only people praying you know we we this collective body that is praying bound the enemy and we will see a shift i can guarantee you that because god's word does not go unheard it says that his word does not fall dead to the ground so everything that we are declaring we're praying the enemy does not win he does not win because we are empowered with the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need to defeat the enemy who has come against us. Not only individually, but the power of the corporate prayer, the power of unity, the power of yes and obedience to follow God. You know, when you think about all that we have in the Holy Spirit, you know, we, we, we have power, we have a new birth, we have uh, the living water flowing in us, uh, we have uh, sanctification. We have a new life. I mean, just think about that. We have the wind, as John 3 says, it says we have the wind that blows. And that's what we're learning, is how to go with the blowing of the wind of the Holy Spirit. And it says that we can follow the Holy Spirit. We can follow that wind because of him inside of us. 
So every, so, oh, there we go, Kevin, thanks. It says, a wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it's coming from and where it's going. So is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. We have this wind of God emerging in us that takes us to places that we do not understand. I mean, if you think about where you are today and where you were 10 years ago, I know Matt gave us a word on Thursday night about this remembering. You know, if you think about where you are today and where you were 10 years ago, where you were 20 years ago, you know, think about the journey that God has taken. Think about all the surprises that were unexpected that you have encountered. Think about the victories that you had. Think about the challenges and, you know, the hard things that God has gotten you through and is getting us through because he's got a plan for us. He is always with us. Um, I want to end on this one scripture, and I want us to pray over something real quick. Uh, someone gave us a word. Uh, if you'll turn to Second Peter 3, someone gave us a word, and I'm going to uh, pray that over us in a minute, but I want us to go to Second Peter uh, verse 3, I mean chapter 3. And we're going to do verse 1. And uh, we're going to go 1 through 4 and then a couple others. And we're going to pray uh, over some things real quick. It says, Beloved, I am now writing you this second letter. In this, I am stirring up your untainted mind to remind you. So Peter's saying her minds are untainted. Not tainted, our untainted minds to remind you that you should remember the words spoken in the past uh, by the holy prophets and the commandments of the Lord and the Savior given by your apostles. First of all, know that mockers will come in the last days with their mocking, following after their own human desires, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? As they did from the beginning of creation. And then we'll skip down to verse 8. It says, Nevertheless, do not let this one fact escape your notice, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. The Lord does not delay and is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for anyone to perish, but for all to come into repentance. And I really want to pray. I want to pray uh, over us uh, and pray. I want you to pray to stir up within you the promises God has given you and what you've been waiting for. And I'm going to ask you to stand. Uh, there's a word that someone sent us over our um, Facebook page. And it said, while they were praying for us, they said, immediately I saw flames and balls of fire bursting throughout the church. There was one ball which stayed dark for several minutes in the prayer time. Then the Lord did a suddenly, and the dark ball burst into flames. Tomorrow will be more of more, much deeper than deep, and is an open heaven of God's glory. Well, we're going to put a demand on that word today. 
we're going to receive that rhema word, that prophetic word from God for us corporately and individually. And what I want you to do is I want you to just close your eyes for a minute. And I want you to just stir up inside of you uh, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Just allow him to uh, touch you, to stir up in you, to have that wind blow across you, whatever it is he wants to do. Holy Spirit, we're just open to your move this morning. Holy Spirit, we just uh, release that word that your fire falls on each person here. Everyone watching, that your fire falls on them. That they will receive a fresh infilling of you. And that fresh infilling will, um, what I see is that it will uh, wash out any type of uncertainty of the fulfillment of your promise over their lives. We cancel all doubt. all unbelief, all disappointment and discouragement. Lord, because your word says that your promises in Christ are yes and amen. So we declare over our promises that they are yes and amen in Christ. And Holy Spirit, um, what I see is you releasing strategies into the hands of certain people that they're receiving a strategy. Thank you, Jesus. Almost like a, a, a blueprint that is ready to be um, built. feel like you're releasing a next step for someone that this is the next step they need to take and for I just see there's a couple people that there there's like a aha moment that oh I'm actually doing what I'm supposed to be doing I just didn't even know it was happening so, Lord, just open up our minds, uh, our, our spirit, to your spirit and that revelation that you give us. Thank you, Jesus. And I just hear the word partnering, that God is calling some to partner with other people in, uh, in order for that promise to come into fruition.
and we just uh, release, I keep hearing a promise of healing to your body that the Lord said, I will heal you. And uh, just the uh, activation, the manifestation of that healing right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we know that you have already provided the way for all these things. And I, I keep hearing that the Holy Spirit has given someone part one, but he's going to speak to you about the part two of it. Thank you, God. also see a rearranging of furniture I don't know that sounds funny but it's like uh, it's got to be in the right position for you to move forward Holy Spirit, we are capturing the promises that you've given us. And we are holding on to them. We're stirring them up within us, knowing that your promises are yes and amen. Holy Spirit, we, we agree that we are fully equipped and empowered to do everything you've called us to do. And that we are kingdom movers. We are moving the kingdom forward. that our victory is in Jesus. That the enemy's plan to delay and discourage and to keep us from seeing you has been found out. And we cancel all assignments of the enemy on us and on our family. And I feel like there's someone who um, the Lord's been talking to them about running for office, some kind of office. Um, and I just want to encourage you because I feel like he's confirming and will open a door for you to run for office. I don't know who that is. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. So, Lord, we just thank you. We just receive all that you have for us. That we aren't reenacting Pentecost. We're living from Pentecost. We're living from your outpouring over us, in us, and through us, Jesus. I just want to stir up gifts too. I feel like there's gifts that are dormant that need to be used. 
prophetic gifts, healing gifts, um, apostolic gifts. I feel like there's gifts being stirred up that need to be used. And, and I just want to uh, speak into you just that uh, God is going to show you um, and surprise you because that gift is going to start coming out uh, that you had not recognized before. We give you honor and praise, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And all his children said, Amen. Amen. So be expectant. Be expectant of what God's going to do. If you'd like prayer, we're glad to pray for you guys afterwards. And uh, have a great day. Go change the world. Thank you so much for listening. For more podcasts like this and to connect with me, go to my website, cindy-stewart.com. And remember, you are the best investment you can make.